You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. This is the Great Pets Radio Show with professional dog trainer Brian Kilcommons and Dr. Jim McKiernan of the Great Bay Animal Hospital. The Great Pets Radio Show. Now, here's Brian and Dr. Jim. Good morning and welcome to Great Pets. Hopefully everyone is safe and sound with this terrible weather we've been having. Dr. Jim is on assignment and my co-host is Sarah Wilson. Uh, in fact, if you go to www.mysmartpuppy.com, you can see a great interview Sarah did for the Detroit Free Press. One of the things I really like about this is, according to marriage statistics, your relationship with your dog is probably going to outlast whoever you are at the mo- with at the moment. That's a <laughs> that quote. That hasn't been true for us, sweetie, but for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, really. So if you have a question, give us a call at 1-888-441-9876. I've just gotten back from Miami. Yeah, lucky you. Key Largo, which was lovely. Um, and I had the uh, luck and fun to go out to dinner with Dr. Patty Cooley who is a veterinarian. She's also Doolittle's founder and a small animal veterinarian in Miami. She also has her MBA in business. She went to Wharton besides vet school. She writes a weekly uh, pet health column for the Miami Herald, and you can see her columns in USA Today. Wow, powerhouse. Powerhouse. And in fact, um, she was voted as one of the 25 people to watch in 2008 by Pet Products News and as one of the 10 best blogs in pet health uh, with Fox News. Excellent. So, Patty is a delightful woman, an accomplished veterinarian, and really active in animals in all shapes and sizes. Can't wait. We get to talk to her today? We do. Excellent. So, Ooh, hey, Patty. Hi, how are you? I caught the tail end of that. That was really nice. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't bragging if it's true. <laughs> That's nice. Thank you. Well, Thanks, Sarah. We do know how hard you work. Mm. Yes. Well, yeah, a well, little bit. I'm busy. I'm busy. I'll put it that way. Well, a full-time veterinarian. You have a son. I do. You have two dogs. Three. I've got two and a foster. Two and a, well, foster, a foster who's staying or a foster who's going? Uh, No, a foster who's going, but she's more work than the two of mine combined. Yeah, that can happen. What sort of dog is she? Oh, she's an English bulldog, and, um, and she, she is a skin case, of course. Of course. uh, Yeah, and a breathing case, and and all the other troubles that English bulldogs have, but she looks great now, so she should be out of here within the week. I've long thought that um, every young girl should have a pug or an English bulldog as a pet because it gets them used to snoring and farting early in life. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Desensitize oh, them early. Thanks, honey. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah. I'm feeling that one, Sarah. That yeah. Feel free. Right. Pass it along. I'm feeling so special here. Um, <laughs> so um, explain about the goat, Dr. Cooley. The goat. The goat. The goat. Yeah, I have, a, I have a, two goats. One was a stray that, that, that somebody brought me, and she was found a stray goat. I, I pick up strays of all kinds. And, so, and the other one I um, went out of my way to, to buy, actually, and she's a purebred Nubian. And I went out of my way to get her bred um, to another 
Nubian so that we could have Nubian babies and lovely goat milk. And she is now pregnant with two twin, twins. Nice. And uh, we did an ultrasound last Monday, and they're gorgeous. <laughs> oh, that's cute. And for people who don't know, Nubian goats um, have these wonderful, long, floppy ears, which give them this fabulous expression. I love Nubians. They're just and all you want to do is like stro- stroke their yeah. ears, and, and that's the one thing she doesn't want stroke. <laughs> You know, you can touch her anywhere except on the ears. Not so, the ears. Isn't that funny? And those but, babies are so cute when they come oh out. Oh, my tiny. God. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're, they're due in a month, so uh, I'm starting to get nervous. Yeah. Uh, have you delivered before? That, I, I have. I have been on hand for deliveries that didn't need assistance. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is, this is definitely going to be a new one for me. Well, feel free to call. I've done over 200 lambs and had my arms places... I never thought yeah. they would be, so I'm, I'm happy to uh, be of assistance, not that you would need it. No, we are, I, I, I may well, I may well, I have, um, and, uh, but I, I have lots and lots of lube on yeah, hand. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> a bucket, it's hey, a whole bucket hey, of lube. Snoring, <laughs> farting, and lube. The and show's lube. going down the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Sunday morning. Yeah. It's God. Sunday morning, but everyone up here is suffering with terrible weather. A lot of people are out of power. I'm sure we're oh, being I'm listened so sorry. to. So we might as well have humor. Yeah. But yeah, and I don't want to brag, but this is the most beautiful day. It is oh. gorgeous here. All right, you do have a cruel streak. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, one, one of the things that was interesting when I was in Key Largo and, and South Florida is the cold and the impact on that. What are you finding down there? With oh, gosh. Uh, just about six weeks ago, we had the coldest cold snap we'd had in, in years. Wow. And um, it went down into the 20s here in South Florida. Ooh. And um, and so all, every, every single... Uh, and it lasted long enough so that we had iguanas, all the iguanas that... They're not from here. They're not native to here. Um, and they eat our vegetation. And we have a lot of problems with them. But we didn't want to see them die no, either. They're no, not like all that. dead, I, I, littered oh. on the roads, falling out of trees. And, oh, it was really impressive. And some of the, some, um, the crocodiles that we have in the Everglades, which are... Uh, uh, endangered species highly endangered species um we lost at least 50 of them wow so 50 of a population of what 250 something like that i think it's less than 500 for sure so it's really irreplaceable gene and i I heard they picked up over 4500 sea turtles that kind of Mm -hmm. go into a coma from the cold yep yep and all our manatees too we had a lot of cold stress manatees so we lost a big chunk of the manatee population oh. here too oh so it's been really impressive and i know you guys have been having it tough up there um nothing like that well this is you know this it, it's just not meant to be this way here and um you know the tomatoes is one thing you know right. you can you can always plant again the next year but it's it just doesn't go that way when you've got such tiny gene pools here have you ever seen this sort of thing where you are this, this I'm sorry, have you this ever seen this sort of devastation? Weather? Devastation on not, the animal population? No, not not in my lifetime. I remember when I was in 1976, when I was a little, little girl, and I, I had a turtle named Herman. And, um, and Herman, by accident, got left out one night, the coldest night of the year. And he, he froze. And mm. that was horrible for me. And, um, and that was the coldest we've had since that. And and the record was like that was the uh, original record mm-hmm. and then now this year it broke it 
So well, you can imagine, cold enough to kill Herman and certainly cold enough to devastate the Everglades. Well, oh. the other thing is the fish stocks. I know schnook, which is a very yes. popular fish down there, they've closed catching any schnook. That's right. And, they, and they're, really they're all belly up. They were all struggling wow. to figure out what the fish populations are because the canals were just filled with dead fish. Mm-hmm. And was in the schnook is a canal fish, so in a small area, or the ocean was also devastated. The ocean, the ocean also. Wow. Yeah. But it was mostly the close into land. Right. Because the deeper the fish are, the more pelagic they are, the more they go, they, they're able to go out, um, the less of a problem well, they're going to have. When we get back, can you translate pelagic for us? Pelagic! That means <laughs> fish that go out and come back. Oh. They, and they have part of their life cycle um, close to land and part of their life cycle at sea, sort of okay. like salmon. Okay, right. we'll be We back. need to go to break, Dr. Cooley. Stay with us, please. All right. We'll be back with Dr. Patty Cooley, uh, who writes for USA Today. Be sure to tune in when Pet Life Radio goes live from Global Pet Expo, the world's largest annual pet products trade show. March 25th through the 27th, you can catch all the new products coming out for our pets before they even hit store shelves. From the latest in all-natural and eco-friendly products to the most elegant in pet pampering and high-tech innovations from companies all over the globe. It's at Global Pet Expo. Nearly 800 companies will be displaying new and exciting products to make time with our pets even better. Tune in March 25th through the 27th for everything Global Pet Expo. Aquariums and pond keeping are among the most popular of all hobbies in the United States and throughout the world. In fact, fish are probably the most numerous pet in people's homes and in their businesses. In Aquarium Mania, we'll learn more about the secret and not-so-secret life of fish and other inhabitants, the basics of good aquarium keeping, the complexities of the aquarium industry, and the science and art that surround this fascinating hobby. I'm your host, Roy Anong, and I'd like to thank you for joining us. Aquarium Mania, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. I'm Brian Cole Commons with my co-host filling in for Dr. Jim McKiernan, Sarah Wilson, and we have Dr. Patty Cooley on the line, and she she writes for USA Today and also has one of the most popular veterinary blogs on the internet with a lot to say. You're kind of a renaissance woman, Dr. Cooley. Thank you. I think that's a good thing. Yes, Yes, it is. Try anything as long as you don't call me Rubenesque. <laughs> that I've met you. That is yeah. not a problem. How far did you run today? Actually, I'm going for a run in. I uh, went as soon as we're done. Okay. So, yeah. So it'll be a, a quick what? Five miles? No, it'll be like four. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. Bite me. <laughs> Slacker. <laughs> so so where can people get your um, blog? They can go to doolittler.com, which is spelled um, like Dr. Doodle, Doolittler. Listen to me. I'm like tongue-tied. It's like spelled like Dr. Doolittle with an R at the end. And uh, yes, and that is online. Um, just anywhere. Just go ahead and Google me also. You can Google Patty Cooley and you'll get me. Okay. Well, and I'll make sure that it's up at My Smart Puppy. So if people want to come there, they'll find a link to you. Excellent. And I also have a blog at PetMD.com. Excellent. 
right. and um, and soon they will be together, the two blogs, so that I only have to write one blog entry a day instead of two. Are that you, would be good. Are you breeding uh, your no. blogs? And I am I what? Breeding your blogs. I'm breeding <laughs> my <laughs> blogs. <laughs> I am actually. I'm, I'm really trying to whittle it down so that I I only have to write one article um, every single day for my for my blog. Good well, for you. I've been following your art columns in Pet News, and they're just mm -hmm. terrific. You in really US? tell the truth. <laughs> I, get, News Magazine. I get a lot of flack for it, but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> well, yeah. And for, for you to know, if you want to read about Dr. Cooley's work, the spelling is Patty, with a Y, Cooley, K-H-U-L-Y, or you can go to MySmartPuppy.com. We'll put links up for you. What do you Thank think you. of uh, Westminster this year? Oh, how about that? That was, um, it's always fun. I've been before, but I certainly haven't, I don't make it a point to go every year. I just like to, I like to watch the dogs in the hotel more than I'd like to <laughs> actually watch the show. But, um, but I thought it was interesting. Um, PETA protesting in the middle of it. I uh, always try and look for the sideshows. I think the sideshows are always more yeah. fun than the, than the main event. But I, I think they're off base. You know, oh, yeah. with what they said as far as breeders are taking away from shelter dogs. The oh, good that, that whole thing, yeah. What do you think? Well, um, <laughs> you know, people who breed dogs um, at that level are certainly um, not going to be taking away um, from the shelter. Uh, from, they're two separate populations of people. And um, I, I don't even know where Pete is going with that. Um, no, just getting so. attention and getting the conversation going now. Absolutely. Um, the purebred rescues do so much to help the shelters um, control the population by managing their own breed. Uh, from a dog trainer's perspective, we call this year at Westminster job security. Because Scotties are just not like little Westies. <laughs> mm, job security. Job so, yeah, security. that's, you know, and it's one of those things, unfortunately, that's the case with the English Bulldogs and all mm -hmm. the British Cephalic breeds. That's, that's my pet peeve um, because I, I own three. Keep, I don't, I don't own them. Mm -hmm. They own me, and I keep them. I, it's, I keep three British Cephalics right now. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's, it's always been very stressful for me. But, yeah, from the behavior standpoint of things, oh, my gosh, you guys are, you, you're in for it. Well, yes. Dr. Cooley, you're in Miami, and you yes. have, what, brachiocephalic or all the short-nosed breeds, pugs, oh, yeah, bulldogs. Brachiocephalic, I should explain, means short-nosed yep. breeds. And, yes, they, I, we got, we have tons of them. We have the pug, we have pugs, and puggles are very popular, too, and, um, and, and English bulldogs are all the rage, and French bulldogs have um, now, I think, surpassed English bulldogs. How do you in their popularity? Yeah, I think they have. What do you advise for, uh, for people to do with these breeds in the hot weather? How do they manage them down in Miami? Well, they certainly need to live in AC. Mm -hmm. I mean, they can't. They cannot. They cannot live outdoors. They're not outdoor do dogs. And down here, a lot of people keep their dogs outdoors. It's part of the culture. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the Latin American culture down here is uh, is very um, is very accustomed to to leaving their dogs outside. Like mm -hmm. dogs are for outside, and you know, and mm -hmm. people are for inside. But um, but yeah, so we may make sure that they stay in the AC, and uh, we do recommend that they have their soft palates shortened. Um, it's my and that's surgery, right? 
And that's a surgical procedure, and we recommend it be done by a board-certified surgeon Mm -hmm. um, because it's one of those procedures that's um, easy to do but hard to do well. And probably easy to mess up. If you mess it up, then you've got big problems. Yeah, that's the thing. If you do mess up, it is in any way, shape, or form. If there is too much swelling, if there's too much bleeding, um, you know, there's no room for error. Right. it's, It's almost aspiration, pneumonia, and death. Are the results. What so, is, uh, when we were, had dinner the other night, Dr. Cooley, yeah. we were discussing about genetics, and you just got finished writing almost a small book on mm-hmm. the different breeds and genetic problems. Where do you stand right. on the genetics and purebred dogs now? Oh, where I stand is that we definitely, and this is where I was going to go with the question on Westminster, mm-hmm. was that... Um, Ultimately, the AKC um, is doing itself a disservice by um, not allowing um, open registries. Um, the, their closed breeding pools make for lots of the same genetic diseases um, and to be propagated over and over again down through right. the generations. These, these very small breeding pools um, in some of these breeds means um means that we're just going to see a lot more of the the urinary stones and the the hip dysplasia the skin issues the, the, all yeah stuff. the skin issues the you know the the big diseases you can't uh, Yes, go ahead. Um, unfortunately, or fortunately, whatever, this isn't all the uh, on the AKC's plate because they gave permission to the Dalmatian Club of America to do some outcrossing, I believe, to pointers to help mitigate some of the incredible problems in Dals. And it was the Breed Club that, at the end of the day, was- backed away from it. I did not hear about that. Yeah, that I didn't was realize well, that they were they were allowed to do that. Well, because I know that in the in the CFA, the Cat Answers Association, they can do outcrossing. Um, yeah, but and horses and cattle and goats, you can do mm-hmm. outcrossing, and then seven generations or so back, you can bring it back in as a purebred. It's as an appendix registry, and right. I think that's absolutely the way to go. I think the Dalmatian Club did petition the AKC for permission. They got permission, and then at the end of the day, they they decided not to. They panicked. Yeah. Um, they panic. <laughs> well, you know, and this is what it comes down to. Isn't that crazy? Like, yes. why would you panic? It's a breed, you know? I, I just don't understand. You're, you, we're talking about where you should panic is when you, yes. you have dogs that are dying of diseases. That's worth panicking about. Yes. Uh, do, so do, I, you're being rational. <clears throat> yeah, I know, I know. Do you I know, think, I know. Dr. Cooley, you're an active practice. Do you think most people realize <clears throat> bulldogs cannot breed normally? They cannot birth normally. No, I don't think people know that. I don't think they think about it. Let, let, they, let, we need to go to break, but let's come back and let's talk about some of the ramifications on what they're doing with our, the certain breeds of dogs. Okay. We'll be good. back. It's time for school for you and your friends, your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host Pia Silvani teaches you step-by-step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. 
get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to TeachersPetSessions.com. Hi, this is Pia Silvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. TeachersPetSessions.com. How many pets is too many? Do you know somebody whose life is overwhelmed by their animals? Maybe we can help. We're looking for people to be in a new TV series about really large animal families. We can offer expert help, free resources, and the chance to tell their story. If you or someone you know owns a house full of animals, call us toll-free at 1-877-MY-8PETS. That's 1-877-MY-8PETS. Hello! I'm Deborah Wolf, and I'm inviting you to my animal party on Pet Life Radio. My pet experts will be coming to the party to answer your pet questions, and they'll also be sharing their favorite stories and messages with us, but I'll be asking them some tough questions. We'll get their opinions on the hot-button topics like the pit bull ban, pet food, vaccines, religion, politics, and animals, cat decline, and the latest news, whatever's turning the animal world on its head, we'll be talking about at the animal party. This party's got bite. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On PetLife Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. I'm Brian Colcommons with my co-host Sarah Wilson, who's filling in for Dr. Jim McKiernan. And we're on the phone with Dr. Patty Cooley, who writes for USA Today and also DoLittler.com. She has a wonderful blog, and if you go to MySmartPuppy.com, you can get the link or go to look up Dr. Patty Cooley, K-H-U-L-Y, to get more information on her. She's an extraordinary woman, Renaissance woman. She not only writes consistently, practices veterinary medicine, soon-to-be cheesemaker, which we were talking about, um, and has a MBA in business besides a degree in veterinary medicine. So she's kind of special, plus a triathlete. So... We're talking about bulldogs, Dr. Cooley. What do people need to know? Oh, gosh. Um, starting, I, you want to talk about French bulldogs? Well, let's just talk about English bulldogs, French bulldogs, pugs, and other brachycephalics in general. I guess what you need to know is that these dogs really don't, they're not built right. They're, um, right. they're, they're adorable, and they're sweet, and they have great personalities, and they're funny. Yes. They, but... <laughs> then they're just not built right. They're, they've got their, I've got one pug mix. His name is Slumdog. He's looking yeah. at me right now. And his little legs are all turned out. He's a puppy yeah. mill pug. And um, you can tell because he's had his little dew claws removed. And his little paws are all turned out so that he really can't walk normally. He kind mm-hmm. of falls on his face because Aww. he's got what's called an angular, or a rotational limb deformity in his case. So his his limbs are deformed in such a way that he really can't function normally. So we've done a surgery to correct it. Um, and some brachycephalics will require those kinds of limb-correcting surgeries because they're dwarfed. So they're dwarfed in such a way that, you know, their limbs kind of curl outwards. And in the case of, um, in the case of English bulldogs, they tend to have a lot of hip dysplasia. And people think of Labrador retrievers and German shepherds as having hip dysplasia. They don't think of bulldogs but you know english bulldogs almost by design have um, hip dysplasia and i'm (laughs) seeing a lot 
of scary hips in um, French Bulldogs, too. Uh, would, really terrible hips. Would, would it be safe to say that basically with some of the breeds, they're breeding deformities? They are, yes. We do breed for deformities. For example, anytime we dwarf a dog, um, we, we're breeding, we're selecting for a deformity. Every time we breed a dog with a screw tail, um, we're breeding a deformity. Um, um, I'm sorry, but aren't we hearing brachiocephalic dogs playing in the background? That's a yes. very distinct sound. <laughs> yes, this is how they, this is, they're, ah. they're having a lot of fun. They're snortly, snorkeling and snuffling and <laughs> and it sounds like they're growling but they're really just having fun right which is how they get into trouble at the dog park sometimes because yes. they're normal yes. snorting other dogs don't know how to interpret yes and so they do get into trouble so i do advise people that have bulldogs to to make sure that when they go to a dog park not only to go at a cool time of day because mm -hmm. they they can overheat very quickly but um but also that they make sure that um they tell other owners that you know their dog might misinterpret some mm -hmm. of your dog signs mm -hmm. because it really does sound like growling One, did, you can hear that in the yeah, background oh, absolutely. it's crazy i love that sound it's cute it's cute, it's cute. but you know it's not cute when they can't breathe you no. know and their tongue turns purple well, so. did, absolutely did you see the bbc uh yes. pedigree dogs Yes, well, it was I interesting. You mentioned about the pug cross or the pug that you have now, but one of the things is one of the top winning pugs in England that was taking best of show. One of his get or his brother actually had curvature of the spine or a spinal problem, right? Due to that breeding, and the, and that's how it that's how it goes. I mean, that one I think believe it was spina bifida. That was. I'm sorry, just ginger. <laughs> so that was. Spina bifida, I think, is what the problem was in that case, if I if I remember correctly, and uh, and yeah, and it's basically it's going to happen a certain percentage of the time, every single time you breed um, for that for a, a tail that is screwed, that is you know that is curved. Um, so oh no, it wasn't spina bifida? It was hemivertebrae. That was it. Yeah, but that's that another, sounds right. Yeah. yeah, it was hemivertebrae. But that was it. It was a trait that also, which is the same as spina bifida. It's a trait that also happens. Every time you produce a curled tail, right. you ba you're basically producing a bunch of little vertebrae that are twisting around and that are deformed yep. so that they twist around in a circle. Because people don't really think about the fact that the tail is the end of the spine. And once you start right. breeding deformity into the tail, you're actually breeding deformity into the spine. That is right. Um, and that, so you are... Uh, Ultimately, you're getting deformities. What's happening is that they're getting butterfly vertebrae, mm -hmm. like, or in other words, butterfly vertebrae are those hemivertebrae, which are sort of the, are the malformed mm -hmm. ones. And instead of getting them only in the tail, you're also getting right. them in the middle of the back. Right, of course, because the body doesn't know what you're looking for. And, exactly. And if we can't don't test for it, yeah, exactly. Can't and it can't them. always. And then the thing is, then we're when, then we're breeding these dogs. We're saying, oh well. This one won best in show, therefore we're going to go ahead and even though he's related to mm -hmm. about 10 other animals that have hemivertebrae, we're just going to go ahead and, and breed him right. anyway, even though we know his line is, is polluted with this stuff. Well, so, with some of these dogs, though, it's not possible to go to a line that wouldn't that wouldn't have some sort of problem or another because they're so exactly. they've become so extreme. We had exactly. a very cute little Pekingese puppy in a couple of years ago. The family had first purchased a dog from the pet store. She was very pretty healthy and active at age seven. They wanted to do it right this time. They researched the breeder. They got a well-bred dog that was related to some top winners, and the poor thing it. 
in January, the puppy was five months old. When he ran around for 15 minutes, his tongue turned blue and he had to lie down. Mm-hmm. And yep. he was so compromised in the pursuit of whatever's going on. It's, it's very troubling. May I just say how refreshing it is to talk to a vet who is so much in the public who owns multiple dogs and other animals? Good for you. Thank you. <laughs> you do veterinarians normally not. I think uh, everybody I know who has, is a veterinarian, at least down here in Miami, has lots of pets. Yeah, not everybody in the media does. So um, I guess you. maybe that's a media thing, yeah. Well, so. <clears throat> media vets. Media vets, specifically, yeah. but okay. So, what do potential dog owners need to know about genetics when they're selecting a dog? You have all these, you know, nouveau breeds that people get, you know, all excited about. Right. What do you tell your clients when they're looking for a, a, a certain breed of dog? If they're looking for a certain breed of dog and they really are wedded to that breed, I then have them research the breed or, and, and I run down a brief list of diseases that, that they should be aware of, diseases and uh, behavior traits. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just to make sure that, that, that that's really what they want, or, uh, you know, to the extent that I can do, impress upon them very quickly that, that their lifestyle is not well suited to a Jack mm-hmm. Russell because they live in an apartment or, or, you know, those kinds of basic things I really try and, and so I try and steer people away from certain dogs mm-hmm. um, if I can for certain kinds of dogs. If, if they're wedded to a certain breed, then I just go all out and telling them exactly where to go to find the information on the breed and the, the diseases that they're going to need. And then I send them, I send them looking for breeder exhibitors is what mm-hmm. I tend to do. Um, people who have a vested interest in maintaining the health of the of their uh, of of their breed, mm-hmm. and um, even though you know. Certain breeds that are so exaggerated, I don't think you can really get a healthy specimen in many cases, um, but in most cases. But still, if that's what they want, then they should go for the best. And um, But at least they can be, who, be informed going in. I know, yes, in, you know exactly. when we wrote our book, Pause to Consider, on dog selection, we said that if you wanted a bulldog, it's 1500 to buy and 1500 a year to maintain. It's what we call that's, a deep pocket dog, and you just yeah, got to be ready for that. Yeah, a deep pocket dog. Would, and I would add to that... Um, and I would add to that that you know it, it it's well it's more than fifteen hundred dollars on average now I think okay. to maintain them okay. just because you, just the the couple of surgeries that they're going to need just off the, off the mm-hmm. bat are already we're looking at fifteen hundred dollars a piece and they're so like Ginger that I have here right now Ginger has needed allergy testing mm-hmm. she's needed um, extensive allergy testing she's been to the dermatologist at least five times mm-hmm. and I'm a veterinarian and I take you know my dogs to specialists mm-hmm. by the way so. It's, so it's not always so cheap for me to keep these dogs, to foster them either. Oh, mm-hmm. But anyway, she gets bathed twice a week. She gets, um, what else does she get? She gets um, three different medications every single day. Wow. I ha- she has to get allergy shots. Um, and um, she's, she's a disaster. So, you know, people and don't. Yeah, a disaster that you love. Uh, that, oh, I love her. And, she's, and I think I found her a great home now. But um, who, with, and it has to be somebody who has the money. Right, and to the, and the wherewithal to recognize when things aren't going well, mm-hmm. and is willing to bathe a dog twice a week, mm-hmm. and all those things. And we were yeah. ta- we, since genetic disease is prevalent in so many purebred dogs, um, and pet insurance is something more and more people are looking at. Is there anything new on the horizon as far as genetic disease and insurance? Oh well, it's true that there are some insurance companies that are now insuring pets. Um, 
they're, you know, with their genetic diseases and all, they'll cover genetic diseases. Ooh, Ooh do tell. Um, do tell. Yeah, yeah. well, Quick. actually, the company that I wrote this, um, that I wrote this genetic disease library for is, um, is a company that, um, that does, that does cover genetic diseases. It's called Embrace uh, Pet Insurance. Wow, spelled just like Embrace, not... Embrace, yes. Okay. Like hug your dog. Cute. Embrace your pets. Yes. Cute. And, um, and that's, they're, they're really, they wanted me to write about genetic diseases in an extensive way that was referenced and footnoted and um, because they, they really felt like people need to know, people have to have an idea of what they're getting into when they, when they buy a dog right. or a cat and when they, have, or when, they, when they adopt a purebred. And um, so it was, a, it was a really fun thing to do. All right, Dr. And, Cole, uh, we need to go to break, but when we get back, I want to find out where this is available for people. Oh, yeah. Already? I can easily tell you that. Can you All hold right. on? I sure can. Terrific, love. We'll be back. All right. This valuable information comes from your pet. There's nothing like a wagging tail or friendly paw to lift your mood. They're therapeutic and make us feel good. Studies show pets even reduce stress, prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and fight depression. So there you have it. Pets are a daily dose of good health and happiness. Pets add life. To learn more, visit petsadlife.org. Ladies and gentlemen, Pet Life Radio proudly presents DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network. Get ready to unleash the dog sports enthusiast in all of us. From ski drawing and mushing to racing, agility, and competition. This is the place to learn all about the dog sports and activities that you can do with your furry best friend and canine competitor. So get ready for game time. DSPN with your host, Lori Williams. Every week, on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Hey, welcome back. You're with Brian Kilcommons and my co-host, Sarah Wilson, who's filling in for Dr. Jim McKiernan. As who's best I can. Out on assignment. Well, besides your prior comments, we're doing fine. <laughs> um, and we have Dr. <laughs> Patty Cooley on the line, who writes for USA Today as Doolittler. A blog, which is uh, one of the top blogs in the veterinary industry and for pet owners. So you can get a look at uh, Dr. Cooley's blog if you go to mysmartpuppy.com or just do a Google on Dr. Patty Cooley, K-H-U-L-Y. And we have her on the line. We're talking about genetic disease and pet insurance. Dr. Right. Cooley. Yeah, so that was, you can find that genetic disease library. It's right now, It's everything is done, is has been done so far is, well, almost everything is for dogs, but we're mm -hmm. working on the cat database as well. And that can be found at EmbracePetInsurance.com. And then there's a little icon on the lower left-hand side that takes you to the Genetic Disease Library. That's such a service to the community because people just need to be informed. A lot of people will take on the burden, but they should know going into it what they're yep. taking on. There shouldn't Absolutely. be surprises afterwards. So exactly. what, what breeds are covered in the library? Oh wow! It goes. I think it starts at Affenpinscher, and, and uh, it goes. We go. it, it really is. I think it's about it's over a hundred breeds. Wow! What are some of the most effective, other than the short-nosed breeds, and what are some of the least affected? That's a good question. 
question. Um, I actually haven't stopped to look. To do but, I'm, I, but, but definitely all of the chondrodystrophic breeds, which are not just the short-nosed breeds, but those that are dwarfed. Um, okay, so, so example, the short-legged? The, yes, the short-legged. Um, so like dachshunds. Okay. Um, so we see different diseases, and, and for example, cardiac conditions. We've got a Cavalier King Charles. Yeah. They get the double whammy. They've got the cardiac condition and to deal with, and then they've also got because um, they get a they get a cardiomyopathy, and then there's also their their dwarfedness to consider. They also get um, patellar luxations and well, things like this. So Cavaliers are pretty overrepresented in. And Cavaliers, yep. too, aren't they having a problem where their brain is larger than their skull or something crazy, where they're getting head pain? They mentioned that in the BBC um, piece that was just sort of horrifying. They have headaches, and they can become behaviorally problematic. That's hydrocephalus, I think, is... is I, although I didn't... SMI, I'm not I think. I'm sorry? I think it's called SMI... Oh, EP... No, I'm not sure which one that is, actually. You you caught me out, Sarah. No, so I, it's I'm just trying to figure out. <laughs> you know what? what I hope it? it's not over here as extensively. I, you know, that's I think a sign that it probably isn't here yet because you would know as a practicing and, vet. And I believe they said that it, the brain is too large for the skull and it creates some neurological oh nightmare. Can you imagine that? Oh, that's crazy. Yes. Well, you know, hydrocephalus is one mm-hmm. that um, that is also inherited. My pug mix thingy here mm-hmm. um, is he's hydrocephalic, so Aww. he has fluid on. It, it, between right. his brain and his skull, Aww. and um, and that's why he cannot. Seventy five percent of those dogs cannot be potty trained. Really, you know that? Yeah. Oh, it's and that happens because I know that's a problem in Chihuahuas. So they and it's all yes, and it's okay. also a problem in in French bulldogs. Um, wow. So the hydrocephalus is, has been associated with complete and utter inability to house train 75 percent of them wow which is which is really funny that something so specific so something a very specific behavior trait is associated with it yeah and you never think in at least in our way of thinking um that such things could possibly be related but there 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 it is that's fascinating you caught me i had no idea that that's a good one for you to know. And yeah. you know how you can tell whether a dog is hydrocephalic or not. In many cases, their eyes, they'll have the, what we call the setting sun sign. So that their eyes will, they're, they're, they're Third eyelid? They're, they're, no, let's put it this way. Their, their eyes, their, their pupils, if mm-hmm. you can picture where their pupils are, they go down and, and out. Oh. So they're almost like reverse cross-eyed. Oh, okay. Fascinating. And so their little eyes, you can see the, like, the whites of their eyes are kind of like, um, are up top. Right. Can you picture that? Yes, I can. That's fascinating. Okay, very good. (laughs) I'm like, I'm trying to explain it in the layman's terms. You're doing well. You're doing well. The the thing is, it would be like the pressure from the, you know, going forward where it's literally forcing the eyes out. And it's, well, I don't know what exactly is, I really don't know what causes that, that setting sun sign. I don't know if that has anything to do with the pressure. I do know that it's correlated to their, um, to hydrocephalus, though. Right. Oh. And what is your opinion on the Goldens, which is so popular, people still believe that it's the best family dog. Well, the you good know, ones are the best family dog. The really nice ones are just fabulous dogs. But the popularity has really well. created... 
some problems here. What are you finding on a genetic basis with them? On a genetic basis, apart from the fact that we're really not getting anywhere with uh, the, the hips, actually mm-hmm. we are. We're doing, we are doing in some, in, in many areas, we're doing much better on the hips. Um, but yeah, I mean, Goldens have a whole host of behavioral issues that we're seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, rage syndrome. I don't know whether you see rage in Goldens. Do you? Well, we see I, aggression. I've seen aggression. I haven't seen rage, and I okay. remember Springer rage vividly. Yeah. Well, well I, I always yeah, think I always think in the low aggression, what breeds that should be low aggression breeds, cocker spaniels, retrievers. When you do get aggression, it's like tab A into slot F. You know, there's just no behavioral context for it. Right. Where Roddy's can be aggressive, but they've got all this, you know, they've got a high threshold and there's all kinds right. of, they've been bred for it. But when a golden crops up with it, it tends to be really nutty. You know, It the, is really nutty. Yeah. I've seen some crazy nutty goldens. Yes. I always tell people that the scariest dog, the most afraid I was of any dog, mm-hmm. I, it was a golden. Yeah. And I was, I was afraid for my life. <laughs> and that was, uh, I yeah. thought the dog was really going to kill me. Um, and, and he might have. They're fully, they have full intent. Yeah, when they're exactly. bad. When they're good, they're great. But popularity has really compromised many breeds. The Cockers, the German Shepherds, the, the Goldens. It's just a shame that such and wonderful breeds can be so compromised. Right, and then we see uh, dogs like all the French Bulldogs that we've got right now coming over from, from Eastern Europe. Oh. Here, here, in, here in Miami in particular, we're getting lots of um, French Bulldogs from the Ukraine and from Czechoslovakia. Really? And, and uh, people are, are they just, taking over for the Amish? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think they, at least, at least with respect to Frenchies. Oh, it's crazy. I, I've just, I mean, up there where you are, you probably see a lot of Amish bred dogs. Down here, we see a lot coming from um, Oklahoma. Yeah. Okay. And uh, most of them, most of them that I see come from Oklahoma and um, parts of Texas. Um, and uh, and definitely we're getting a lot of European dogs. All right, we, we need to go to break, but I want to follow up on this as far as puppy mills and your opinion on puppy mills and where people should really be going to get their dogs. You're with Great Pets. We're live, and we'll be back with Dr. Patty Cooley and Sarah Wilson, my co-host. Greetings, human. What planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of You and Your Pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Want to know what cats like to eat for breakfast? Mice Krispies, of course. Learn everything there is to know about cats on Catitude with your host, Tom Dock. Each week, we'll spotlight a cool cat breed, give up-to-date advice on cat health, and check out spiffy new cat products. So curl up on the couch every week for a perfectly enjoyable time on 
Catitude every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet Dr. Cooley. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can always tell when it's a great interview because it goes so fast. It was fast, yeah. Yeah, and we would love to have you on another show and follow up with some of the work that you're doing. Sounds uh, good. And also, we're going to be linking on the My Smart Puppy site with your superb blog. Great. I really look forward to uh, reading your work and wish you the best with your twin goats and have a great run. Thank you very much. And I'm getting I, ready. I hear you may be coming up to New Hampshire for cheese making. I am thinking of Vermont, actually. I was going to Southern Vermont for a cheese making course, so I'll be hanging out with you guys maybe yeah, uh, when I go up. We would love to see you and maybe get you in studio live. Oh, sounds good. That'll be great. All righty. We'll be in touch. Thank you so much, Dr. Cooley. All Take right. Care. Thanks, Take Brian. Care. Thanks, Sarah. Bye. 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 What a pleasure she is, and so much fun to have someone who is in the media that way and is an active practitioner, loves her animals, does fostering. What an involved person. That was really interesting. And you know what? It's perfect because Mm -hmm. she does veterinary medicine. Mm -hmm. You do behavior on My Smart Puppy. Yes. Who would think? Who would think? One-stop shopping. Much fun to be had. Yeah, but I think this thing about genetic disease, a lot of people don't realize that they really need the information to going into buying a purebred dog to make sure that they don't get something that is going to break their heart. And a lot of people in the breed would love to see a change, but they don't know how to go about it. So hopefully people will begin to think about doing outcrossing and such and things like that to really strengthen and stabilize their breeds that they love so much and they've devoted their lives yeah. to. Now, we just had Karen from Cochico Valley Humane Society. We do a weekly segment with them, and they have a pet for adoption, but we lost her. But you can go to the Gochico Valley Humane Society if you want that new best friend. Um, if you're shivering in the house, maybe a cat on your lap or would a new help. dog would kind of help warm things up. They're open till 4 o'clock. Uh, I believe they're open, and hopefully they have a generator. Um, so people can go there and, and get their new best friend. They're a great organization. And uh, tell Karen we said hello. <laughs> so, And you can go to the, the Detroit Free Press for Sarah Wilson's uh, article and interview on people and dogs. Yep, and the link is over at My Smart Puppy, and we just put up a new group project. We do a group project every month where people can see me demo a really simple little exercise, and then they can do it at home. And when they pass, they let us know, and we list them as passing teams, uh, and it's a okay. lot of fun. When you say a little demo, how do you on videotape for? I do a little video clip. Okay. And they can learn from that, and they can get coaching with it. We really support people in just learning how to interact with their dogs in a fun, relaxed way. So come on by. Hey, supposedly we're getting more snow, so you may want to get onto My Smart Puppy and have some play to do with your dog because you're not going to be watching TV for a while. Cabin fever. <laughs> uh, I see a lot, so a lot of people walking around with their dogs on the way here. Yeah, people are out while they can get out. We all want to just see the sun. We're waiting for the sun to come back. And Dr. McKiernan from the Great Bay Animal Hospital will be back next week. He's on assignment. We'll find out what he's up to when he returns. <laughs> he's on assignment in Aruba. <laughs> 
I wish I was on assignment. But you know what else he's also doing? What? He's looking to a couple of Caribbean islands to do low-cost spay and neuter. Well, he's a good soul. That'll be great. In the sun. Yep. So, listen, everybody, have a great week. Stay warm. Hopefully, you're safe and sound in uh, some of the challenges that we're having. But um, And come see us at MySmartPuppy.com, and we will help you with your training issues. We're there to help. It's free, and it's fun, and it's flame-free. So thanks for listening. Be safe. I'm Brian Cole Commons. You've been listening to Great Pets Live. You've been listening to the Great Pets Radio Show. Join Brian and Dr. Jim next Sunday for more informative pet talk. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.